I think that's the key here is just we really want to have a clean game, clean weekend. Pitchers have been great. Our defense has been outstanding. Offensively, this is going to be a challenge for us, and we know it. So it's a lot of work. It's a lot of um, – there's a lot of emotions in these games and all that. It's good for us to feel. It's good for us. Um, that's what LSU is for is to kind of get us to understand what it feels like on the road in a hostile environment. So we're looking forward to it. It's always fun to play them. It's fun to play tight games. It's fun to play hard games. It's fun to play in front of crowds, whether they're for you or against you. But ultimately, it's going to make us better and prepare us for what's next. And that's what this is about for us. It's Patty Gasso. Her team hitting the road tomorrow night. Final Big 12 series of the season. They'll take on Oklahoma State, who is not playing good softball right now. OSU has lost, what, seven out of their past nine? Just had a 5-1 loss to North Texas. So OSU not playing their best softball. OU, on the other hand, if they're not playing their best softball, it's, it's pretty close. And the dominance has been so insane, Travis, that NCAA.com, the NCAA, they don't do a whole lot of great things, but they did a great thing today. They have a story out, 25 stats that scratch the surface on how good Oklahoma softball really is. I'm going to read you a handful of these stats. You tell me which one is the most impressive. Uh, text line, you can do that as well, 405-651-3439. Stat number one, 38 wins in a row. And in the 38 games, they have only trailed at the end of just 10 innings. So 38-game win streak, and they've only trailed in 10 innings in those in that 38-game win streak. Um, stat number two, they have four consecutive non-COVID seasons with a 30-game win streak. So excluding the COVID year, they got cut short. That's four mm -hmm. consecutive seasons with at least one 30-game win streak. Um, 53 consecutive Big 12 series victories. 45 of them have been sweeps. OU has not dropped a league series since 2011. So 53 consecutive Big 12 series wins, 45 of those sweeps. And I'll give you one more. A combined score of 107-11 in their 15-0 Big 12 record so far this year. And the home run differential in those 15 Big 12 games this year, 32-5. to So I know it's hard to pick just one, but which one stands out? You know, I think it's got to be the 30-game 30, 30 win streaks because sustained excellence is the hardest thing, especially in college athletics, right? Because you're doing it with different players. Like, it's it's one thing to have generational, you know, softball players come through and kind of whether you get a crazy pitcher or, you know, one a, a historic slugger that can pretty much put the team on the back. Like, that, that kind of stuff can happen. But when you have four 30-plus – win streaks going over five years essentially because of the COVID year, like that's just, I mean, that doesn't even make any sense to me how good they are. And that's the thing. OSU is running into an absolute buzzsaw because, I mean, Patty pulled a lot of the starters against TU in the midweek. Uh, I mean, used four pitchers. Uh, everybody got yeah. a little bit of work. Uh, obviously, you saw probably four or five um, you know, people come off the bench and get into the lineup. So the team's coming in well-rested. And OSU, they lost 5-1. They, lost they pitched Maxwell. So Maxwell, who's supposed to be their stud, 
you know, their ace, they, they pitched, and, you know, she was pitching well early. And the, the programs are just going in two completely opposite directions. That being said, Oklahoma State has a ton of talent. Uh, we've kind of had this circled for a long time. We know they've had it circled for a long time. But, yeah, to your point, you're running out of ways to to just characterize the dominance of the team. You're running out of ways. This is a good point by uh, Gunny because ba- uh, Patty brings in generational talent every single year. That That is a really good point, and it, it's hard to do that in recruiting, but she's doing it also right now in the transfer portal. Like, generational talent, okay, well, Alex Storacco is probably not going to be thought of as the best pitcher in OU softball history in just her one season here. But she's going to have a sub-1 ERA by the time it's all said and done. Like, she might be an All-American by the time it's all said and done. She brought in someone who's got like a, what, 0.5-something ERA in the portal, right? Or she'll bring in T.R.A. Jennings, or she'll bring in Jocelyn. Like, Every single class, be it recruiting, be it the transfer portal, yes, seemingly has about three, four, maybe even five players who are their multiple-year starters and the best at their position, essentially. It's crazy. Well, it's only going to get crazier, right, because, you know, Alex herself said that she didn't think the visit went that great, and, well, boom, now she's she's on a fast track to uh, a national championship, just if we're going by the odds, right? I'm not counting any uh, chickens before they hatch, but she's obviously in a good position because she wanted to come here for that, you know? Um, You know, when you look around the – uh, Marita Hines Field, and you see all the national championships on the outfield walls. I mean, you just want to be a part of it. I mean, Haley Lee, the, these these type of transfers, not only the recruits that are coming in, it's only going to get crazier next year, Tyler, because she'll she'll have her pick again to say, hey, all right, Alex Storacco transferred here and then went number one in the draft. So, I mean, if you transfer here, not only are you going to you know, have opportunities in college, a transfer just went number one in the draft. So now now you start talking about, okay, now we're getting finances involved in it. Yeah, it's um, yeah only up from here, as crazy as it sounds. Four no-hitters this year. In other words, the pitching staff owns three more no-hitters than defeats this year. Golly. Uh, Again, you run out of ways to say it. Like, you run out of ways to I talk mean, about how seriously. good they are. Yeah, scoring differential of 102 to 2 in just the second inning. Um, a 391 to 37 run differential for the season. OU's had 242 more runs than their opponents have had, have hits. Golly. The National <laughs> Fast Pitch Coaches Association has had a top, uh, top 25 poll for 28 years and more than 400 weeks. There has never been one week without Oklahoma in the rankings. So, I, I mean, you're right. Like, you run out of things to say, but you just look at these numbers. Like, baseball and softball, very stats-driven type of games. Yep. And how much fun would it be? I mean, it would. you, you get your work in, but how much fun would it be to kind of, like, run the stats for OU softball? Just like the fun and crazy things that you could say. It's unbelievable. Right. I mean, kind of like the uh, ESPN stats and info always puts up some weird, like, when they're really trying to dig and being like, oh, players that have shot – you know, 48% from the field while being left-handed and, like, you know, those, like, crazy stats. Like, those people, I mean, they, it would, they would never catch up to themselves with this team. Every time OU softball has a game, they would completely have to rework everything because they just are setting new records. 
Uh, never forget this trash post from last year. This is a uh, photo of OSU softball saying, our state, our conference, when they beat OU in the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I'm sure that hasn't been forgotten. Uh, Patty likes some motivation, I'll tell you that much. And uh, has that tweet made it to the lock? Maybe maybe Patty didn't even need to present it. Maybe they remember that from last year. Maybe they remember that post from a year ago. I don't know. But one way or the other, I wouldn't be shocked if uh, this team is reminded of the fact that that was said. Yeah, ESPN2 tomorrow night, ESPN on Saturday, ESPN Plus on Sunday. Look, OSU's still a good team. They're not playing great right now. They've lost seven out of their past nine. But you know it's going to be crazy home crowds out there. Uh, OSU does have a good front-line starter. You mentioned Kelly Maxwell there. They got Rachel Becker, who hits the ball a ton. I think she leads the Big 12 uh, in batting average right now. Mm -hmm. So it'll be a challenge. It's just hard to bet against this team in a three-game series. And I'm not talking about just winning the three-game series. I think all of our expectations are the same. It's to go out there and sweep Oklahoma State in a three-game series. Right, right. It absolutely is. I mean, if if nothing else, I mean, we swept Texas. They got swept by Texas. They're coming off a loss. Maxwell just lost to North Texas to put her at 14-3, and three, um, which is obviously three times more than we've lost as an entire staff this year. So, you know, it's they're, they're going to come to play. But I'll tell you what, if you're Patty Gasso, how appreciative are you like, she's crawling through a desert. She's stranded in a desert of motivation, right? Like, it's got to be so hard to get this team motivated just because of how good they are. So when Baylor comes out and says, well, Oklahoma should be the ones that are intimidated, she has to feel like she just found an oasis and, and fresh, clean water to quench her thirst in that desert. And then... OSU puts up a billboard, this is our state, and wants to talk all that, I'm sure Patty is so relieved to say, "Ah, I don't have to come up with ways to try and motivate this team. Y'all did it for me. Thank you. Yeah. Jordy Ball, 130 strikeouts and 92 and a third, uh, two-thirds innings pitched this year. That's not on the NCAA. It's just something that we tweeted out earlier today. TRA Jennings, just seven strikeouts and 131 at-bats. And then you got Jada Coleman, who leads the Big 12 in slugging percentage, on-base percentage, OPS, and runs scored. Three Sooners were named to the uh, top ten player of the year list yesterday. And uh, what is it, two weeks from yesterday, they're going to announce their top three. I I think this is Jada's award at this point, man. I mean, the stats say it. Everything kind of says it. It should have been five, though. Jada doesn't win it. I think it should have been our whole pitching yeah, well, staff and Jada and yeah, CRA. Yeah, uh, Nicole May has the best ERA, and, and didn't I mean that was a snub. And plenty of innings pitched. Like that—that's part of the problem. Is like you can't just say, "Oh, well, yeah, some of these pitchers, you know, they've got lower ERAs, but they just haven't played, you know, pitched that much." Like, no, she's pitched a ton. So I don't know, you know, I don't know the criteria that they were going off of, but I truly believe that our three starters. And uh, Jada and, and Tiare all should have been in that top ten because you can make solid arguments for all of them, and especially the two that got left off. From the 405, championship mindset does not worry about petty tweets from a year ago. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe. I, I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> you Patty take any motivation, motivation you can get. Any motivation you yeah. can get. I mean, you think about this, Tyler. Like, Jordan used to make up things when it was, 
you know, a, maybe a, a coach would walk by him and not say hi. Like, or, like, he would just make up stuff to get motivated because Michael Jordan was the greatest. So, like, you know, it was tough to kind of get that motivation. They're very much in this Jordan conversation right now. You have to find ways to get fired up, get that chip on your shoulder. I know, a lot, I know you know, championship mindset says, hey, it doesn't matter. You know, we can motivate ourselves. No, you take every little edge you can get, and that includes tweets from a year ago. Someone said, compare this run to UConn women's basketball. And I'm trying to find exactly how many titles UConn women's basketball has won since Gino has been the head coach. But it's it's a good comparison if you're trying to compare it to who else has been dominant in, in women's collegiate sports right now because of the longevity. Uh, and, and that's the thing with OU, too, is they didn't just start winning national championships five years ago. It's not like all of a sudden OU just threw a bunch of money at their softball program and turn into a power. No, no, they're just now getting to the point where they're going to have the best softball facility in the entire country. They won their first national championship in 2000. It's been consistent since then, man. It's been consistent for 23 years. And, yes, the last 10 have been mostly elite, but the longevity is maybe what I'm most impressed with. So I I don't it, – it's close between OU softball and UConn women's basketball. The way that OU looks right now, I think they might surpass that. But that's probably the best comparison that you could come up with at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you bring up a great point, Tyler. The facilities are about to be insane. And they're going to be ready for next season. And they're not doing it out in phases. I remember uh, our own Chris Plank uh, had Coach Patty Gasso on these airwaves talking about the timeline. They are not doing like a phase one and a phase two, like all this. Like, no, this thing's going to be ready. So you talk about the recruiting power of that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, I, I don't know how it could get better, but it will if you just take that into account. Eleven national championships for UConn women's basketball. Uh, they had back-to-back in 09-10, and they had a three-peat from 02 to 04, and then four in a row from 2013 to 2016. OU looking for a three-peat this year. Is a four-peat off the table? I mean, I, I not to get like way too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll at least just bring it up that you're only losing four players from this year's team, who is the best team in the country right now. Now they got to finish this year, and they're going to face some adversity at some point. I do believe that it's not just going to be handed handed to them, but they look like they're going to be a good team next year too, and for several years beyond that. So OU softball, this is they're, they're going to be around for quite some time. The new stadium and the new conference because. The SEC is probably the best softball league right now, and that's a recruiting tool as well that OU can use. It's crazy. Yeah. Giving, uh, giving Patty more recruiting tools. That is not music to the ears of softball uh, coaches around the country because she's been, uh, she's been uh, whooping them for years now. But, no, it's, it, I don't think you're getting that crazily ahead of yourself by saying four because it truly is – we have it rooted in – improvements right we have it rooted in recruiting tools improvements facilities things like that like i so i don't think i don't think you're getting ahead of yourself necessarily because you're saying it in that vein of it can get better and it will get better on these things well i was just saying not trying to get ahead of myself because the text line jinx hey how about you win it this year game by game approach all right let's not let's not look ahead to next year let's finish this year 
It's like oh, yeah. A bunch well, of head coaches or something on the text line at times. If they, uh, yeah, if for some reason something goes wrong and we don't win it this year, I will 1,000% say that you were the one that got ahead of it. Yes. People tried to last year, and guess what? They were so good that uh, my jinx didn't even matter. But, yes, people were saying that a year ago. 405-651-3439 <laughs> is the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Are you, a, uh, are you a big pickleball player by chance? Because I'm at a pretty good spot for it. Man, I, so I've never played pickleball, but I play tennis from time. I feel like pickleball would be right in my wheelhouse because I grew up playing ping pong in uh, in the bottom of Adams and uh, you know R.I.P. McCaslin Tower. Um, you know the the yes. the BK at the bottom of that was uh, that was my jam. I don't think I've had BK since. But um, I, I when I was at OU, I played a ton of ping pong. Uh, my last house, I had a ping pong table in the dining room. Like that's my jam. So then I go play tennis. You know, I'm I'm using too much wrist and it's full arm. So I feel like the meeting in the middle at pickleball. I really feel like I would I'd be I'd be ready for it. So I need to come down and uh, and play and play uh, some pickleball with you. Well, don't say that to John McEnroe. Oh yeah, uh, you play tennis, so I play pickleball. So we're basically the same. He went off uh, about two weeks ago about that. Basically saying, I hate when people say, oh, cool, you play tennis. Well, I play pickleball quite a bit, so we're kind of the same. No, this is a great place for it. They've got outdoor courts. They've got indoor courts. I think anyone who's ever come out to a chicken and pickle will tell you this is an awesome spot. I'm one of those that have been out here several times. It's it's really, really cool. Um, we're, we're, We're situated right here by the bar. The bar is massive. TV's everywhere to watch the games. Uh, great food options as well. It's just a really cool spot here in North OKC. Come check out Chicken and Pickle, 8400 North Oklahoma Avenue. More Sooners coming up next right here on The Ref. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Big news of the day right now with OU um, It's kind of what's going on in the transfer portal. Jordan Tyson. Wide receiver from Colorado's in the portal, and um, he was, in my opinion, Colorado's best receiver at the time of his season-ending injury last year. And talking to some people that watched Colorado today, uh, Travis, they think that he might have been the best player on the team. Now, the rebuttal of that is, well, what's that really saying? They were one and eleven last year, and fair enough. Like Colorado wasn't a great team, but if you go back and watch Jordan Tyson's highlights and some of the things that he did. He he was a he was a pretty not a pretty good he was a good player a, a really good player when he was healthy his true freshman year. Oh, he was he was yeah absolutely he might have been their best and you know I part of this whole Dion purge that we've witnessed you know a lot of people can cuss and discuss whether they agree the. The purge is necessary, whether they think he's going about it the right way, whether he's just establishing a culture. What I don't like about it, Tyler, is that everybody that was on that team last year and is not going back this year is being classified as lazy bums uh, by the current Colorado you know, staff, uh, by their fans saying, oh, well, they just they couldn't handle the pressure of Dion. You know, they didn't know what they didn't want to do the work, what it takes to be great, this, that and the other. Like, that's really frustrating because, you know, obviously we both know a lot of athletes and like just knowing that these kids went there to try and play D1 football and they're leaving for any number of reasons. And on the way out, they're getting trashed by not only the fans and 
but also a lot of the staff as well. But, hey, this kid, if, if Dion wanted to get rid of him, well, maybe we need to start asking some questions about Dion because this guy is box office. There's no doubt about it, or at least he was as a freshman. Yeah, I was. Uh, there's a story on the athletic today. I, I like the the anonymous coaches sound off on something going on in football. I, I, oh yeah, that's maybe not for everyone, but I, for whatever reason, I, I kind of like that. And the anonymous coaches, whoever they were, were all like, uh, uh, "Is he gonna have enough players to play next year? Like, depth is gonna become a real concern with them with the schedule they have." I, I think everyone, maybe even in Boulder uh, included. Are starting to say to themselves, "What is uh, what, what's going on here? Does he really have a plan?" Well, I think, I think he has a plan. But the problem is, he's not. He's never like he's kind of. I don't know, playing it by ear, if you will. It sounds really good to say, "Man, we work hard here. Man, we're we're getting all these guys out of here." You know, getting rid of these one and eleven guys, but they're bringing. I'm going to bring in Louis Vuitton, but they're bringing in guys that have like, you know, that one guy they they ranked 130th in tackles last year as a linebacker in the ACC. They bring him in and they say, "Oh man, he was a big time recruit." Dion's really, you know, really loading us up. Oh, we got uh, they've got like a bunch of guys from Florida State that didn't play last year at all. They got a corner from uh, somewhere that didn't play at all. And they're, and they're like, uh, and then some kid from Washington that was a five-star in 2020, but, you know, it still can't get on the field five years into his career. It's one of those things that I don't think, I think Dion might have had a plan, but I don't think, I think Dion's a bit in over his head early on, and they're going to be really bad in year one. They might be good in year two, but, oh, boy, they're going to be bad this year. Uh, here's what one ACC recruiting director said. Quote, it's a tremendous uh, risk to replace all of those guys. It's an experiment that has never happened on this big of a scale, end quote. So roster turnover has definitely happened in college football, especially with the transfer portal. But I think I would agree it's never happened on this type of scale before, which would scare me a little bit if I'm a Colorado fan. It would scare me because it's – you're if it doesn't to... work out, I mean, you could really be – I mean, you're in a bad situation now. He took over one, but, dude, if this doesn't work out, what could it look like in two or three years' time? Well, yeah, you strip everything from the roster. What if what if Dion gets the – you know, gets a Florida State offer, you know, or gets an SEC offer, and it's just so much money you can't turn down? Colorado will be sitting there as maybe the worst team in college football at multiple levels – because he just gutted everything. You just you simply can't do that. You can't do that in the P5. I know it worked for him in the SWAC, but he had the most talented roster in the SWAC. He's bringing a roster in now that not only are they not as talented, nobody's going to know each other's names because they all are just getting there. They're going to expect uh, to compete so- in, a, in a league that has the quarterbacks that the Pac-12 has. This defense is going to be one of the worst in the country. Seven one two. Uh, Jim from Wisconsin says, in regards to Dion, Buki was a five star too. Just saying. So Buki just catching a stray today. Yeah, just catching no a stray on uh, on uh, on May the fourth. Be with you, but but it is a good <laughs> point, Tyler. I you know I brought it up the five star that came down from Washington um, that was a five star in twenty twenty. I mean, five star in twenty twenty, and he and he's now transferring to Colorado, and they're gassing it up saying. Oh, that's Louis Vuitton. Like, 
come on, what are we doing here? And I was told by a, a you know a secondary source, one of the players that's uh, playing in Colorado, he says he hardly sees Dion all spring. Oh, yeah. He said he wasn't there. He said he wasn't at the workouts. He wasn't doing anything. But every time you look up, he's on. You know, he's on PTI, he's on, you know, Barstool this, he's on Pat McAfee that. It's like, God, this guy, for, for wanting to establish a culture, he's not really there that much. Dion might be setting Colorado back for a decade or more if this doesn't work out. Uh, agree with that. Let's see. Uh, Dion is likely going to do well. I just don't understand those who are acting like Colorado is just going to turn on a dime. I don't see what he has accomplished as a coach that says he can build a great Division One program. That's from Eric in Illinois. Well, I don't think – well, there's obviously nothing to say that he can build a great Division One program, but Colorado knew the gamble that they were taking when they hired him. And to their credit, it sold out their spring game. Season ticket sales are crazy. Merch sales are crazy. So I, I, I don't think for a second that Colorado would take back their decision if they could. Right. It's just I bet they didn't know that it was going to look like this on May the 4th. Well, and he's he's got a built-in excuse, right? Like if he would have gone to Florida State or even Auburn and done this and it not worked out, there's no excuse. If he does this in Colorado, he can say, look, man, you know how hard it is to recruit to Colorado. You know how hard it is with the Pac-12 situation and the TV deals. You know, these kids want to go to a place where they know they're going to be have a competitive future. We don't even know the future of the Pac-12. It was just hard to hard to get that done. You, like stuff like that, like there's there's a bit of – kind of fall guy, if you will, if you're in Colorado. Uh, one more from the 405. Keep in mind, this is back to Jordan Tyson. Yep. When Colorado played Oregon, Tyson was covered by one of the top corners in college football last year, Christian Gonzalez, and mm-hmm. still caught five balls for 137 yards and one touchdown. Yeah, that one touchdown he had, he kind of flew behind the defense, and they threw him a deep ball. He made a play, and it was, it was a pretty long touchdown catch, so – uh, yeah, it, Christian Gonzalez was a really good player at Oregon last year. Oregon was a good team last year, and he caught five balls for 137 yards. So that just goes to show you, as a true freshman, what he was able to do in year one. So there's a reason to be excited about him if he picks OU. And it sounds like there's a strong possibility that he does. Yeah, and not only, Tyler, the production against talent, but the fact that Gonzalez had that assignment, right? I mean, that that's who they identified as as the biggest threat to them and he was the biggest threat to them um this wasn't he wasn't just racking up numbers against arkansas state or he wasn't racking up numbers against rice like this isn't this isn't stat padding he was doing it against meaningful opponents and it is never bad to add that type of talent especially with the special teams boost he might give us immediately yeah 405-651-3439 keep it coming on the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Still a lot of OU to get to today. We'll do that more coming up next right here on The Ref. It's the rush on The Ref. And if we were drawing today to find the best spot to do a show today, I win. I win because I'm a chicken and pickle in North OKC, 8400 North Oklahoma Avenue. Joining us now is Logan Mitchell, who's the sales account manager here at Chicken and Pickle. And I have something to confess to you, okay? I haven't told you this yet. Okay. My wife and I have probably been here seven, eight, ten times. That's a good amount. But we've never played pickleball before. And that? (laughs) We will come here just to hang out at the bar or to get food or to uh, come to an event here. Like, I... 
it's it's about pickleball, but there's so many other cool things to do here, man. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, and that that's the cool part. It is truly you are coming in with uh, you and your wife or a large group, and ultimately we've got space for seven, eight hundred inside our restaurant. Outside, we've got um, a team of mixologists that are always making up new drinks. Our menu is locally sourced with some of the most high quality food you're gonna get. So that is the base of it. Is that food and those drinks, and then you pair it on with some pickleball. Yeah. Four outdoor courts, six indoor courts. I mean, it's just, it's the best. And so we've got to get you out on some of these courts. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, you do. Yep. Um, driving over here today, it's pouring rain. I thought, oh, man, this may not be the, actually, it's just fine. Maybe you can't play on the outdoor court, but even in a day like this, if you're wanting to get out and do something on a rainy day, you've got the indoor courts over there, which are awesome too, man. We've got it all. You step inside too, foosball, some ping pong, some shuffleboard. So really everywhere you are on this facility, you've got something to do. And that's our whole goal, that all-inclusive, family-friendly place to really do it all. So some people are just now getting off work. They're driving around, and maybe they thought, "Uh uh-oh, tomorrow's Cinco de Mayo. I have to do something on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, chicken and pickles probably where a lot of people should be on Cinco de Mayo with what you have going on. You know, if I could give my recommendation, I may say I'm a little biased, but there is plenty of going on. You're going to come on in here. We've got a live DJ going on. We have got some amazing margarita flights going on, so we'll cut out some pickleball paddles. We'll do some four margaritas to pass around, get some good photo ops. We've got a lot of activities going on, a photo booth. Really, we have a ton of stuff, and it's going to be a wonderful time. So uh, the majority of our listener base are OU fans, right? So tell me what this place is like for a big OU softball game or a big OU football game. Softball season is a fun. Football season is a blast. We've got spaces like our Be Amazing Room and our West Wing outside areas all have TVs. we got 56 TVs on this site. So wherever you're turning your head, you've got a TV to look. The sounds are on with our OU games, our OU sports. Absolutely, we're trying to promote that. But it is a blast. You load 200 people in our Be Amazing Room or put them up on the rooftop screaming for the Sooners, getting the wins. It's it's, it's where you want to be on game day. tomorrow on ESPN uh, it's Bedlam softball so with everything you just told me about Cinco de Mayo come out here and watch Bedlam softball because your TV setup is insane Friday out here at Chicken and Pickles Cinco de Mayo is where you want to be ESPN 2 tomorrow ESPN on Saturday and then ESPN plus on Sunday it doesn't quit all weekend so we'll find you a spot here Uh, man now this place is great it's so great that um, I got a couple of my friends coming out bringing their son, whose birthday is today. He wanted to come out to Chicken and Pickle for his birthday. Happy so. birthday. Let's celebrate him here at the coop. Yeah. Trevor Sheever's birthday today, so he gets to Woo-hoo, spit it out Trevor. here, which is pretty cool. Hey, um, Logan, thanks so much for having us out here, man. Uh, hopefully we can be out here for maybe an OU softball game or an OU football game. I look forward to later it. Later this year, but yes, uh, appreciate it. Best of luck this weekend. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. There you go. Chicken and Pickle. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a good time. and. Uh, ESPN 2 tomorrow night, Travis, and then ESPN on Saturday. Someone texted us and asked us, like, what's the um, what's the, the thought on Patty Gasso? Like, is she getting towards the end of her coaching career? And, and I, don't, I don't know this. I haven't really asked anyone if this is the case. But with the new stadium coming and with the move to the SEC coming, and now that she's making some nice coin as the head coach – I don't think that Patty Gasso is a year or two away from just walking away from OU softball. It's too good right now. Yeah, especially with the new facilities. I mean, this is this is really, you, you would think, when she would be hitting her stride, right? I mean, the money's rolling in. The SEC money is going to roll in even more. Donors are more active than they've ever been, obviously, with the new facilities coming up. I mean, you – I mean – 
you really can't ask, especially for somebody who really had to grind, right? Like when she got here, that was really cool listening to the stories about, you know, how she kind of had to had to share the fields and do this, that, and the other when she first got here. I think now that things are, are, are going the way they're going, yeah, I don't think she's going to she's gonna give this up too easily. No. Um, I, I think um, once that day comes, maybe she hands it over to her son, JT, but at least for now I think uh, – I think Patty Gasso is having a pretty good time as the OU softball coach. The Alabama baseball coach, not so much. He is uh, looking for a new job after today. And uh, I, that's that's going to be tough to, for him to rebound and find another job elsewhere if he got fired from Bama today because uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was something involving gambling with his baseball team. That's, that's probably going to be tough to bounce back from. I mean, the Alabama athletic department, goodness gracious, right? I mean – Outside of Nick Saban, ooh, they've had a little bit of issues. Uh, obviously, the basketball program year. with their criminal issues that they went through, and then now baseball. I mean, ooh, if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm the softball coach or the soccer coach or anything, I'm, I'm, I'm being careful. I'm minding my p's and q's. There's something in the water out there. Uh, how about Hunter, Dicker, uh, Hunter Dickinson, the number one por- uh, portal player, picking Kansas today in that video he released. Rich just get richer. That, yeah. That's just yeah. all Kansas needed is the best player available in the portal this offseason. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, a lot of people were ready to uh, fire Bill Self since they had six portal entries. I mean, that's what – oh, wait, no, that was Porter. But, uh, but yeah, it's they, – they load up with the number one player in the class and or number one player in the portal, and – I mean, how, what have they won? Thirty-five straight Big Twelve championships or, or Big Twelve tournament uh, regular season championships or something like that. It's going to be another thirty-five. Feels like it. Next year, Patty is so big she will have two stadiums to play in. Going to be great for an Oklahoma tournament, says the nine one eight. Maybe three. Maybe Marita Hines, Love's Field, and uh, Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Well, and do, if you ask Danny Cannell, if you ask Danny Cannell. You know, the the OKC stadiums are too Hall of Fame stadium. So, I mean, we could have four. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, four no stadiums. I mean, that's whew, boy. You think uh, you think you got a lot of pickleball courts out there? They're about to have four different softball stadiums, Tyler. Do you have a take as to if they could sell out a game on Owen Field and if they could uh, make that work? I think they could simply because you would get. I think you would get fifteen to twenty thousand just softball fans uh, if you made the price right. You know, five bucks or whatever. Um, I think I think so many fans of the sport would travel to it. It would obviously be big time TV money uh, for them to do that if they could get if they could get that you know properly staffed and, and produced. But yeah, I have no doubt that we could sell it out. It's the toughest ticket on on campus, Tyler. You know, I I, I go to a bunch of the baseball games, and, and and softball and tennis and basketball and all. I'm trying to go to as many sports as I can, and uh, and guys, softball is just so hard to get. I couldn't even get one in in Tulsa this week. I, I live like two miles away from the stadium. Like you legit have to know someone. Like, you have yes. to know someone who's had season tickets for 15 years, who's going to be out of town, 
who four or five other people that they asked before you couldn't make it. So you're the fifth or sixth person that they've asked to this point, and then you could buy them for face value. I, no, seriously, man, it, it's it's not only is it the toughest ticket in town, it's really not even close because on an OU game day, even though it might be sold out, you can always find you know a ticket outside or a ticket on StubHub. Like most games, you can't even even if you wanted to pay premium dollar. There's a lot of games where, as far as I know, you can't even find one on the secondary market. It's nuts. Yeah, and and so that's why I think that we could, I mean, you'd have to switch some stuff up logistically. We should probably talk to Fares about this. He would be the one to know. Um, But, but yeah, I think it would sell out. Like I said, you would have, especially if you had, like, Bedlam there or OU Texas, like Bob said, like, you you could get the people there. But the question then is, do you put do you put seats on the field right because it's not going to take up the entirety of the field do you then put like bleachers or like almost like almost like floor seats to a concert if they've had it there i mean you could really pump these numbers if you wanted to tyler yeah will they build a mini green monster type fence for left field that's that's a pretty popular idea uh maybe they would have to but jason fairs Basically uh, commented on Twitter on one of our posts and said, I can't say anything publicly about this. That's just how it works. So Jason is a steel trap, and he's not letting us know if this is a uh, possible thing or not. But I have a feeling if it is possible, if they can pull it off uh, in the next two, three years, uh, OU softball will play a game at the football stadium, which obviously would be really, really cool. All right, uh, Chicken and Pickle here in uh, OKC, 8400 North Oklahoma Avenue. Just type in chicken. It's not chicken and pickle, chicken in pickle. There's an there's a in there in the middle, not the and. Uh, easy to find it in North OKC. We'll be here until 6 p.m. Come join us. More to come next right here on The Ref for the Homeless Suter fans. It's the rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. We got a few texts today, Travis, asking about uh, who OU has added basketball-wise via the portal. And to my count via the portal, what you've added four players thus far. You've added three at the guard position, a 6'4 guard, a 6'6 guard, and a 6-foot guard in JV and McCollum. And then uh, your your forward that you added from Pitts, John Hughley, 6'9", 240. So it feels like they're kind of set at guard for the most part what OU is looking for now in the portal moving forward is you'd like to get another big body or two down low for some post depth yeah they from what I've been told they they actually really like what they have in Godwin obviously they got Hugley Northweather is a guy that came in uh you know didn't play last year but he's got some good size he can play a bit of five and can shoot from the outside uh, and then they've got Yaya Kita. Uh, who's another big man? So they they they're a little deep at the not deep at the five, but they've got some bodies there. You want to get better bodies if you can. But going into this portal season, they wanted to get backcourt depth, which they got, and they wanted to get more athletic and longer at the three and four, which they're getting. So uh, obviously, you've got Rashad that's down to. Uh, from San Diego State that's down to USC and Oklahoma. He is still looking to make that decision. There seems to be some some back and forth whether he's going to be a back-to-the-basket guy. He would rather be playing a little bit more facing the basket, so there's some conversations there. Um, and then, obviously, you've got Jordan Tyson's older brother who played for Texas Tech, 
Um, I know Porter and some coaches, I think, flew down to Texas yesterday to try and basically, you know, give their in-home visit and their final pitch because Cal leads that race. So uh, if you bring him on, then we're, we're really cooking, Tyler. 918 says, uh, I see Porter Moser has a few big guys like 6'5 to 6'9, but the pit transfer must be the toughest and most physical player he'll have down low, you think? Um, I, Sam Godwin's pretty tough and pretty physical. I mean, I, I thought that he maybe was that for last year's team. Will he be that for next year's team? Yeah, he and Hughley for sure. But, well, yeah, maybe that's your maybe that's your two starters down low next year. I mean, as of right now, it looks like that would be that, that would feel like that's going to be the case. Right, and with Godwin, you know, obviously early in the year you didn't really get much from him, but he really gained confidence and just got better. That's one thing about these kids. They're teenagers when they get there, right? So, like, you're allowed to get better. You're allowed to develop. That's what coaches are there for. So Godwin is a guy who took a big leap from, you know, the kind of the the preseason games, the tournaments, whatnot, till the end of the season. I mean, he's the one that took the last shot against Texas in that game. Like, he really grew in that role. So the the thought is from the coaching staff that they're they're really still scratching the surface and he can continue to grow and get better. So I think they're actually going to be in pretty decent shape, but it looks like the offense is, is really going to move a lot quicker. The ball is going to move a lot better with McCollum and Los Uzan handling the ball a bit more, and they're going to be better shooting from the perimeter. Well, that was the big thing is keeping those two guys, uh, your two freshmen that you had last year. So that was – those two were big wins. Uh, by the way, happy anniversary to Danny Stutzman. Three years ago today, he committed to OU. I think he was initially a three-star when uh, – who was it? Brian Odom, I guess, found him in the state of Florida. He ended up being ranked as a four-star and the number 181 overall player by 24-7 sports. Danny was in a OU's 2021 class, but – Led the Big 12 in tackles last year with 125. And some people have the opinion he's going to be the best player on defense this year. And I might be uh, one of those. But three years ago today, Danny Stetsman committed to OU. Speaking of recruiting and the transfer portal, OU is in on another transfer portal wide receiver, Jordan Tyson. Where does OU stand on that? We'll tell you that and a whole lot more coming up next right here on The Ref.